UFC 174. We're well, we're pretty sure it's in the books, <laughs> and the World Cup is going on, which means it's time for verbal tap. The show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. With me, the man that thankfully knows more about soccer and the positions, Rafa Sparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? I don't know why you're trying to bring the World Cup into this. I I'm gonna do more than that because I have issued a challenge to you. We are going to come up with our fighters that make up the soccer uh, positions. Was that am I using that yeah, phrase correctly? Called positions, you idiot. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, I didn't play a lot of soccer. We didn't have it uh, much. But here's the thing: you threw it at me. This is why I'm yeah. mad. You threw a challenge at me no less than five minutes before we're about to record, and you just go, hey, Raph, I thought it might be fun to talk soccer before we do this. And I go, okay, that's great. And you go, I've already picked out who I would have on my team if we were to draft UFC fighters or MMA fighters (laughs) as a soccer team. Would you do that? And I don't mind. I can pick fucking random fighters, but it's a sport that I love, so I actually want it to be good. So I'm sitting here with scratch paper trying to go, nah, I don't think they'd make a great power forward. Oh, man, I don't think this. And meanwhile, Kevin's over there going, how do the formations work again? I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> what are the positions? It's like a three, four something. There's 11 total. That much I know. Good. Okay. Well, do you want me to go first or do you sure. want to or do you want to back and forth this? What do you think? Whatever. You go first. Okay. Well, I have a four, four, two setup. <laughs> that's a terrible setup. I thought that's what you said was the. You were no, like I lied to you. Oh, I was awesome. totally just fucking with you. Well, it doesn't matter. My team's so good. I've got a four four two. It's going to be great. So I'm going to start with the front line, the strikers and the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Aldo and Demetrius Johnson are going to be my top two. They're going to be my inside two guys. Mm-hmm. Jose's the obvious choice. Um, outside, I have Benson Henderson on the right, major kicker. And I have Renan Burrell on the left. I already see holes in your ideas, but really, okay, cause I feel like everyone in the world is just already like, damn, that's a team. Um, next line. Was it midfield? Was it? They're, yes, they're midfielders, or you can call them halfbacks if you want. Halfbacks. Perfect. I have Frankie Edgar on the far right. Okay. Followed by Anthony Showtime Pettis. Followed by. <laughs> What's that? I'm I'm just telling you, it's inappropriate. You shouldn't put him there. Okay. Then I have Donald Cowboy Cerrone mm-hmm. right next to him. Love his attitude. Uh, think he's going to make a lot of funny soccer comments. And then I have Uriah Faber on the outside because, you know, he's got the hair mm-hmm. for it. Okay. Uh, my two, my back two, and this is genius. This is sheer genius. Mm-hmm. John Jones and Carlos mm-hmm. Condit. Teammates nope. already. John Jones will not lose a header. You're so bad at this. You're so <laughs> bad at this. Hold this on, hold so on. Terrible. I, I still have my goalie and my coach. And yeah, my know. goalie is obviously Anderson Spider Silva, because with a name like Spider, you're going to be the goalie. Mm-hmm. Coach Chuck Liddell drops pen. Okay. I drop right. my pen. You and I, you shouldn't drop your pen because it's <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> so pick the pen back up. Okay, I'll pick it um, up. But holding it. I'll tell holding you this the much. pen. I'll, as I tell you my structure, and if we haven't lost people already, then 
I don't know how the fuck we could lose more people by <laughs> one niche sport and including it into another niche sport. But all right, if you're still with us, listen to this, you guys. Real Spocker fans will be with me here. I'm actually going with a two, four. Uh, what is this? Am I going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Yes, I am still remembering that correctly. We are going with a two, four, three sweeper and goalie configuration. Up front with our power forwards, we're actually going to go with Showtime Pettis because he's faster mm-hmm. than Kevin believes, so he shouldn't be put in the halfback field. Reason okay. being, I want him to strike fast, and I want him to strike effectively, and you know what? He's going to make it flashy. Right next to him is going to be <laughs> Donald Cowboy Cerrone because <gasps> he needs to be up for it. If you have a smaller guy like Pettis, you need to have a little bit lankier guy so that he can move because otherwise the people in their backfield are going to push them around. Kevin would know this if he played the sport. In the midfield, we're actually going to have a really – we're going to have an interesting set because what Kevin was failing to do was recognize people like Frankie Edgar can give a shit about soccer. <laughs> so you can't make people give a shit about soccer. Therefore, I had to take out people like Tim Kennedy because I'm like, he's too goddamn American. He wouldn't know what to do. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Tim Kennedy, that definitely. also comes with Nick Diaz, who I thought would make a wonderful power forward. But he doesn't give a fuck. He'd be like, "What the? Why? Why am I like just doing this? Fuck this nonsense! I'm just gonna go get high." <laughs> so then, you know, I thought about who runs a lot, and I was like, you know, Bisping and Shab have great cardio, but would they really be power players? And the answer was no. So I left them out. This is what it's going to look like at midfield. Joe Lazan, because I feel like I've played soccer against him. I can't prove it, but I feel like he looks like about. 90% of the people I was matched up against with at the half field. In the middle, I'm actually going strong with two veterans, which is Vitor because he's Brazil. And you know what? He's going to fight his heart out until he dies. And I think he might. But it'll and be he's worth on steroids. So. Exactly. Right next to him is going to be GSP because guess what? He's got to play soccer because he's foreign. Okay. So there's that. On the far right, unexpected, but Ronda Rousey. I thought about that's funny. Love it. I actually love that. I think Belfort is a terrible choice, but I love Rousey. You can't think he's a terrible choice because he actually knows soccer, and most of the people that you were picking, you weren't doing that extra step, and that's what I was thinking. So let's go to the backfield. Kev, this is why it's important. You need a bad-ass strong support team for your defense. If you don't have good defense, you don't win games. Who better to stop people in the center than Kane Velasquez? Ugh, hard to say. Because, you know what? You can try and outfight him, but if I know Kane very well, he's going to push you up against the sidelines and then just beat the shit out of you there. <laughs> uh, right to his right-hand side, you've got his main man, Alexander Gustafsson, because dude is going to put on pressure on people against there. Also tall and lanky, which goes up against any of their power fours being tall and lanky. And over on the far left side, and this is one you weren't thinking about, Uriah Hall. Oh, yeah, why is that genius? He's a hook. He literally nearly kicked someone's head off. So. That's right. And you know what, Kevin? You know what you're not thinking? Sometimes you need somebody who takes corner kicks over to the side who get get mm. out. More importantly, that backfield can kick a ball all the way down to the other side of the field, which guess what? Your power forwards are going to be at. So let's talk sweeper, Kevin. Who better to be a sweeper position? You know what they do? Uh, clean up after everyone's done. They're uh, janitorial? No. Okay. No, not janitorial. Well, they need a new name then. No. The sweeper is somebody who can basically play any position and can basically go with just about any sized opponent. And there you've got Chris Weidman. 
I feel like Chris is great in that position because he's got good cardio. He'll actually take it to his opponents, and he's strong on defense, and I think he could play offense if he needs to. But I guess the real question is, Kev, you're, at, you're sitting here, you're asking, why hasn't Raph mentioned somebody? Yeah, that's what I am thinking. Who's my goalie? Who is your goalie? Any guess? Any guess? Uh, you haven't mentioned Jose Aldo. Don't need him. A notorious soccer player, actually, in the UFC. Uh, you're going to go with someone tall, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Bubba the Menace hey, McDaniel? I'm not. I don't trust him. He's too American. Too Texas. Too Texas, yeah. Too much exactly. Texas. I put John Jones right then and there because Ooh. John Jones can't utilize his elbows, but when he's goalie, has the ability <laughs> to do so. And you know what happens when you get that close in proximity? You start a lot bleeding? of my coaches, well, a lot of my coaches taught us ways that you could, within the rules of soccer, keeping your hands in, take down people. So I, I fully believe that John Jones would be a very aggressive goalie. Uh, in terms of coaching, you and I went different sides of a coin, but I went with Chael Sonnen because yeah. no one's going to trash talk harder than him. And uh, I also put on my sub list, uh, we have Uriah Faber, who I think is good, but not enough to put on my main goal, and John Dodson, because, I mean, he's going to smile all the time, and he's good <laughs> You have good insider knowledge. I like that about your choices, but I can assure you, and fans, let us know, Team Kevin or Team Raph, who you think will win. Just tweet us, at VerbalTapCast, or leave your comments in the iTunes section with a rating. I swear we will read them. Uh, yep. Let us know. That's good. Raph, I'm in love with the World Cup. I love the uniforms. And frankly, I think we've come up with some really good ideas. Are you ready to move to the one-minute review and the results for Over Under Kevin and bring on our friend Nietzsche? Let's do it. Hey, Tap World, do not forget to please leave us a little rating on iTunes. That's where you're listening. And follow us on Twitter at VerbalTapCast. We love you. Verbal Tap fans, stop emailing us demanding that we bring back on BJJ Training Journals and Michi Akbom. Look, we were already going to do it. So just ease up on the GD fan mail here with us, the guy that's revolutionizing how you record your moves and keep your game stored. Here, probably just for a fresh ass beating, Amici Akbom. <laughs> Amici, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Nice to nice to chat with you, gents, as usual. You're getting the Warrior Award because you just got back from Vegas. Yeah, man, like five hour five hour drive. Brought my luggage up, hopped in a shower, refreshed, pounded a half of five hour energy, and now I'm on with you guys. Cool. So that's <laughs> we have you for about two and a half hours then. There you go. Essentially, with that, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Well, we're gonna start with. I think what's fresh on everyone's mind, I mean, the World Cup's number two. Number one is Raph's world-famous one-minute review of The Ultimate Fighter. Raph, are you loose? You limber? I am. Uh, Amici, have you watched any episodes since we've last spoken? I have not. Perfect. Let me paint the picture for you because (laughs) things are getting pretty... Pretty, yeah, on the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. Well, if you're good to go, let's start this beast. I'm obviously going to start the clock, though I don't even know why I would. <laughs> it's always so on point. This is the one-minute review of the Ultimate Fighter. Brace yourselves, because here we 
Previously on The Ultimate Fighter, Gutter hates the Irish, Fat Pat had a major upset against Team Penn's first pick, and Dana hates fighters who don't finish the fight. Today, Eddie Gordon takes on Mike King, and BJ doesn't want to see another one of his teammates get knocked out of the tournament. The Ultimate Fighter? Mike King sees this as a war, but Eddie Gordon sees it as a one-sided ass-whooping. Ruh-roh, Mike King is not amused by people leaving out their dishes and decides to go the passive-aggressive route by leaving a note to the red team to kindly ask them to stop doing that. However, Josh thinks they're probably just doing that to get under his skin and Eddie Gordon (laughs) deduces it was a long haired woman who left that note saying that he leaves the dishes out because it actually goes to practice sick burn Eddie says he's protesting washing dishes because he's a child and he thinks that that's a really cool thing to do. The next day at practice, Eddie Gordon got into the sport because of a bet and Chris Weidman and he says the MMA fixed the void left in his life after college football. Also it doesn't matter what he does he wants to be number one in life, except at washing dishes. Apparently, he's real okay being a loser at that. Frankie then decides that to beat Mike King, he must teach Eddie Gordon to be even better at Mike King's game, mainly the clinch. Meanwhile, Mike King says, oh yeah, Eddie Gordon, I see your football backstory and raise you a knocked out a dude in my first pro fight that made me want to become an MMA fighter. Mike also tells us his strategy to beat Eddie Gordon. Move a lot! Coleman makes an impassioned speech to Mike King to try taking Eddie down further than actually standing and banging with him, which everybody thinks is a bad idea, including BJ Penn. Oh, yeah, he told me he wants to knock Eddie out, and I strongly advise against that. And then he's all like, nah, bro. So now I'm, like, very confused. What do I do? Do I take credit for leaving him alone, or do I not take credit for coaching him lethargically? Conundrums. In a coach's meeting, the coaches confide in one another, saying that Mike King cannot knock out Eddie Gordon. Back from commercial break, it's time for the coach's challenge. Kayaking! Or, as Frankie Edgar points out, you give the coach from Hawaii a kayak challenge? How about giving the guy from Jersey a competition that's fair to him? How about a you-think-you're-better-than-me competition? Dana, this is my favorite part of the fucking season where all you jerk-offs who don't do anything in the cage can do nothing and watch your coaches embarrass themselves for a fucking change. Hey, guys, did you know that Dana White is a magician? Because he can turn an ordinary recyclable bag into $10,000 of cash money, and the players get $1,500 if their coach wins. And they're off! BJ makes a strategy of just getting in front of Frankie's kayak and getting in his way. And no amount of editing can make this competition look remotely close. BJ's kayaking makes Frankie look the way that Frankie Frankie's boxing makes BJ look inside of the cage. And BJ tells Frankie, Nah, shame, bro. This is how my ancestors made it to Hawaii. Back from commercial and it's fight day. Frankie tells the camera he just wants Eddie to understand the crazy shit they yell out during the fight. That are secretly combinations they want him to throw during the fight. As Diego barks and then says, Oh, there's no way Eddie's gonna lose. He's gonna tear him up, yo. BJ says that the game plan is for Mike to either listen to him or lose. Hashtag foreshadowing. Data in the cage. Blah, blah, blah. You're the first worst fucking season ever. Two rounds, maybe three. Don't suck. Round one. Frankie starts yelling out other combos to Eddie. Like B3, C8, and A5. I can't tell if he's coaching or playing a game of Battleship. The fighters are circling one another, and the action is tepid. The excitement for this match is what one might call containable. Mike King is probably getting the better of the exchanges. I don't know. I'm hardly paying attention. Round two. Eddie's coming out strongish. And after a minute and a half, Mike King throws his first significant strike. A nut kick, maybe? The blue team says that was a no-low blow and contests it. 30 seconds later, Eddie retaliates with a legal blow of his own. Straight to Mike King's eyeball. Yay! Now everyone's even. And Mike King tells the ref (laughs) he can see just fine, even though we all know he clearly can't. And BJ yells out, hit him again! Again! The coaching picture in picture can. Camera slowly turns into the BJ Penn disappointment shots. Stop 
fucking chanting ole ole. Nothing is happening, goddammit, blue team. Oh, look, my king does so much better when he gets a takedown. But hey, what the hell does BJ Penn know? End of round two. Frankie asks if we're going to a third to Dana, and Dana says, hold on, I'm fucking finding out, dick. Round three. Now both fighters are pulling back entirely, and the bald father is not happy. Somebody better throw a fucking punch already. Literally nothing of note happens in this round. One more eye poke or nut kick. I'm not even sure, and I don't care. Oh, yeah, Mike also fights like a pirate at this point. End of fight. Dana, I'll give it to fucking Mike King. He got his eye gouged and he still fought. But that's about it. He and freaking fucking Frankie are still fucking terrible. And Mike apologizes for fighting a subpar fight with only one eye. With the grossest looking eye and a talking head this side of Bubba McDaniel. The next fight is Chris Fields and Matt Van Buren, who have one of the worst fight pose-offs in recent memory. Next time on The Ultimate Fighter, Matt says he doesn't like Chris because Chris always talks shit. Wait, the man Nick named gutter says that then after matt and chris fight danny yells at everyone for sucking so much next time on the ultimate fighter Woo! i have a i have a confession to make i Go have for to it. i have to mute my mic every time you do that because to your bj's like oh yeah that sounds different your bj pen let me finish that. there we go is uh <laughs> dude kills like <laughs> kills me and i'd laugh and ruin every single bit with that dead oh, on God. man Raf, Raf, um, one minute, six seconds. Kev, did you start it when you were talking? I might have. I obviously I made an error. I mean, it's wow. obviously my fault. Like, there's no way you, you went start one when minute. When I seconds. start, it can't start when you're talking. That's just not fair to me. You know what? I'm gonna put a note right next to my stopwatch for Thank next you. week. That's really helpful. So I did see this fight, Raf. Um, where are you on the what does it take to get a fight stopped like in an eye poke situation because I thought that was the definition mm, okay, I mean so jabbed the shit out of it when you get poked in the eye and you're the ref you just go can you see in it and if you're the fighter you just say uh huh oh. and the refs go well there you go I wish my SATs were like that. Did mm-hmm. you get it right? Absolutely. Oh, cool. Well, then fuck off. Let's just mm-hmm. move forward. His eye was, Amici, to give you an idea, it looked like an additional butt cheek. It was so <laughs> folded over. Like, his eyebrow was touching his lip, practically. Did they do the finger thing, or like, can you see my finger? And it's pretty much long. The fighter says, yeah, they just trust me. <laughs> Not that they showed us. I'm sure wow. that they, quote unquote, did it, you know, off camera, if you would. Yeah. But, like, Mike King was literally just lying to these people right out and just being like, oh, yeah, I can see. And everybody there is just looking at him like, the fuck you can see with that eye right now. But, it, you know, to his credit, Data is right. He did try to continue fighting a fight plan that no one advised him to do. I mean, on a 50 nothing vision scenario, um, real quick, weirdest fight face-off you've ever seen? Mm-hmm. They, like, put their hands up like they're about to start a Capoeira match. (laughs) First of all, say that again. Capoeira? Capoeira? At this point, it sounds like you're saying Cap'n Crunch for all you know. But, uh, no, when they raise their hands, it actually looks like they had the gesture of, I'm double fisting better than you are, oh no, bro, me! (laughs) almost rehearsed too because one of them they both went high and when do people ever uh 
Yeah, the ultimate fighter. I wish Data did talk to the fighters really like that. Like, you're obviously doing some subtext, but I swear to God, ratings would be through the roof if that's how we really talked to the fighters. You know, I'm pretty sure that Dana and I would have a a great conversation. I'm sure in public he'd, like, pull me aside and chastise me, and he'd be like, this is fucking terrible what you're doing. I don't even fucking say these things. So disrespectful. He'd be like, dude, let me tell you something. That was so fucking right on. That's exactly I was rolling. (laughs) Yeah. I think he would laugh his balls off if he heard it, because he'd be like, yep, that's exactly what was going through my mind. Um, can I also pitch them that I bring Rafa Spars on to just sit there with Dana and rewatch episodes for like a behind the scenes take. I think that would be a really, again, do it in a heartbeat, man. Way more interesting than the product being forth currently. (laughs) That's, uh, we can't wait for next week. Are we to the semifinals or quarterfinals? Uh, This is the last, last fight. fight. Yes. For the preliminaries. I'll just tune into the podcast and. Yeah, we'll take care of you. <laughs> that's what I advise. <laughs> I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts away, but at this point, Data White has gone on his rampage of being like, worst fucking season ever. You guys are fucking <laughs> terrible. And it's kind of demoralizing that he's telling them that, even though he kind of gives an excuse. I, this is the thing I don't understand, because I think they tape Dana White's reactions after the whole season's been recorded, so he always sounds like he makes the most sense. Like, okay. ever notice how Dana's not completely I did not 100% wrong? Whenever he's talking about somebody, he just goes, yeah. you know, I see this fight going one way, or it could go this way, which <laughs> is not one or the other. It's like Dana's always playing devil's advocate because he doesn't want to say controversial things or be wrong. And when he is wrong, he's wrong like once a season. He's like, I didn't think that guy would win, but everybody else I called straight down the fucking line. I bet he also uh, struggles a lot. <laughs> he probably does it over like the course of two days, so he's in a shitty mood for like hour six. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't doubt it because he's in the same fucking black shirt that he's always in, and he's got the same, like, the way that they have you rephrase the sentence that you're asked in reality TV where they go, Dana, what were your feelings about this fight? My fucking feelings about this fight were that they were fucking terrible. And then, you know, you just kind of laugh because it's Dana White being angry. Well, tune in next week, folks, as Raph finishes out the prelims and we will move to the quarterfinals. Uh, dictated by the show's pace, not our fault. A uh, minute, probably a minute, six seconds. Beautiful work, Raph. But I, I, I'm ready for the big reveal. I'm ready to find out if Amici has to put an assholeish picture of himself on Facebook for a day. For 48 hours, I believe, was the deal. Uh, it, it was for 24 hours. Oh, and, 24 hours. And, I mean, you have to distinguish more a holy than my standard <laughs> face picture. But, yes, different nonetheless. Yeah, a face tattoo. Of, yes. Uh, but we'll find out because we'll I also see. might Whether have to. Whether or not to. you have to or I have to, we'll find out results yep. now. Let's... Kev, you're you're a little more braggadocious than you are normally. Where are you at right now? I feel pretty good because I called some serious. First of all, if you had listened to me from a gambling perspective, you would have finally won money. We'll <laughs> talk about how controversial some of those wins were as it as we get into our fight coverage. But that is not the game. And frankly, I think the fact that Bang Johnson won fight of the night and I was so enthusiastic about Bang Johnson should single-handedly 
pass me through this round. Can you also reveal why you were excited that Bang Johnson was fight of the night? <laughs> because it's Bang Johnson. Because That's you're the... fucking ten years old. Is that why? Yeah, on a good day, like on a All great right. day, I'm ten. On a normal day, I'm seven and a half. All right, Amici, what are your reactions to to Kevin? Now, mind you, Kevin's not smart enough to actually count up the numbers. New. Right. Well. You know, in full disclosure, I did not see the event, nor do I remember my picks, except for there was a guy whose name sounded like mine that I chose, um, and that I picked the guy who throws rocks. And you were correct. So <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Um, we should reveal this to everybody listening, because we did a great job amping up this fight that I think we collectively had about a 3 out of a 10 on the RAF scale of excitement, which yeah. 10 being the best. So, to everybody listening... Ten being uh, the Oscars, right? Yes, ten being the Oscars, which I fucking love. But uh, let's reveal this. Uh, please, in the next three seconds, say I if you actually watched this event. And go. Okay, that's what I thought. Nobody Are we going on, on three? this conversation <laughs> actually watched the fights. I'm going to start with Kevin. Why didn't you watch the fights? Uh, well, first of all, I, there was no way I was purchasing it. So that was a deal breaker. And I went to a housewarming and I tried to swing by at around 1045 to my bar that watches them. Uh, and they had been having World Cup parties all day. And the guy just looked at me also with a three on his face and was like, so we just, we just didn't buy them. I mean, and he, he just kind of gave me that look like, would you have? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and that's why I didn't watch them. Between the two of you. Amici, why didn't you watch it? I mean, I'm assuming Vegas was somehow in there, Vegas. but you had all of the opportunity to watch it. Uh, I was actually at a at a conference, so even if I wanted to watch it, I couldn't have. But, I mean, if, if I was somewhere where it was playing, I would have watched it, you know? I mean, well, it was, if, if a bar was there, a friend was having, I'd go over, but I, this isn't one of the cards I – I would go out the way or pony up the money for. I just am right. not, not interested. In this that is kind of where I'm at as well. And I'll, I'll do full disclosure. It was one of those, um, you know, my family always plans that time where they want to see me and I got to pretend to like love them and all that. So <laughs> they called me and they're like, we want you to do the 14th. And I go, oh, it's a UFC night. I uh, usually, and then I looked at the card and I go, Eh, it's not worth it. I'm yep. <laughs> I'll take this I, I could be there. And as I, I told Kevin off air, I said, you know what? Uh, UFC, I think this is a nice way of saying there have been fucking four cards in a row. I'll see you in July. Thank you. <laughs> and so, it's worth noting every pundit, because I, I looked into the coverage a lot and I got some highlights, which were few and far between. I had talked to Raf on Sunday and was like, hey, did you catch a fight? He was like, no. He's like, and apparently no one did. And every pundit that I watched a review or any article I read also took note to say that no one was watching this fight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be interesting man. to see what the the pay-per-view numbers are, but yes, I would be surprised if it cracks more than 250K. Wow. And I, I have a feeling it's right in the 200 range because the UFC pay-per-views as a whole have been going down and down and down. So it, they're in a rough spot. They need to reevaluate that. But this was kind of a nice way of revealing to all of you, our listeners, that yes, we don't get to see every fight. We love to see all of the fights. However, in this case, I think you can understand that we are bringing you the best coverage 
that we didn't care about. So having said all of that, um, let's talk results. How badly do you guys want to know the results? Ten. You know, ten? driving home, that's all I thought about. From okay, hold on. I'm going to go back to Kevin. Are you sure you're at a ten? Uh, seven, now that you've further questioned. Okay. I'm, I'm a little nervous for you right now. <sighs> okay. Because what have we learned about Kevin, which is – when Kevin really builds up his confidence, that's when the shit hits the fan. In the face of adversity, I tend to err on the side of just thinking I'm right, and mm-hmm. that's not that has not gone well for me in the past yeah. and over under Kevin. No, that's not. So, Kev, I'm going to go ahead and just break it to you, okay? Go for it. I'm at a five now with your tone. Okay. Just so you know. It's dropping by the second. All right. I'm sorry to inform you that you are no longer – a loser. Not the father. Woo! Oh, it feels as good as it can. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just sing five verses of Amazing Grace, if you don't mind, <laughs> followed by the national anthem. Uh, then I'm going to give the audience a little sound show of what it would sound like if I were running with lions. Okay, you guys just sit put for an hour. I'm going to do that, and then we'll finish. Oh, that feels amazing. I'm going to go ahead Hot and mute damn. for a second. Kevin, shut up. Good. Amici, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, no one's ever lost to Kevin. Right. So my first question to you is, how does it feel to have been the worst, like the worst ever? Well, uh, a couple of things. First off, before I concede this, I'm going to have to, you know, check, check the stats myself. Okay, uh, go ahead. But in fact, <laughs> in fact, if I did not win this round of over under Kevin, then the joke's on you two. Why is that? Because think about it, like, Who's going to remember? Oh, yeah, I won over under Kevin. I won this time. I, I lost that time. No one really cares. But in the history of the Verbal Tap podcast, who was always going to be the first person to ever lose it over under Kevin? That's I'm true. going to explain to you each, why that's not as good as you think it is. dog. Understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me. Number one, always. Okay. I'm just making a note to call my tattoo artist because I want to have a Mishi's face put on my shoulder. I will put this up because uh, for the most part, Amici, I I do like where you're coming from. This is the kind of talk that uh, a person says before they get put into a committed house for insaneness. Uh, But Amici, (laughs) I, I feel for you because you will always have that distinction of being the worst. Kev... Describe to me the like best feeling about winning a game that you should have won at least once out of the other multiple times that we've been doing this. Texting my girlfriend to go buy champagne as we speak, Raph. I'd say it feels a lot like the Spurs do, and if someone could just send them an email, I bet they would probably put me in the parade. Oh, I just I feel 20 pounds lighter. Can I reveal this? And This is absolutely 100% true. I felt like celebrating with Kevin when he won. But like I came into this thinking today, like I was going to be like, congratulations, Kevin, you won. But then Kevin went and he did his thing. And then I just said, I don't want to celebrate with him. I want him <laughs> no part of this. Like it's not that big of a deal. 
Uh, but to Kevin, it is the world. So congratulations, Kevin, on finally winning. Can uh, I make some thank yous? No, you can't. Okay, Absolutely fair. not. I wouldn't so either. let's talk about the actual event because we'll get back to the bet and what uh, Amici has to do a little bit later. But uh, from what I've heard, and I'll put this out there to you guys, the first article I read about this was Demetrius Johnson's performance was so strong that people in attendance left early. Wow. <laughs> I saw this as well. Uh, they also showed a clip of it. Apparently he was commanding by such a wide margin and they were so sure and this goes back to my lightweights are made of rubber. We know none, no we know no one's getting knocked out. Like we know that. Right. So yeah, people started to take off. The place was like a quarter empty by the end of the by the time Bruce Buffer called the name. However, Kevin, you can say that all you want, but he at least gave you a finish, did he not? Yeah, I mean last fight he won via kinda knockout. Okay, but at least with this one, it was so dominant that mm-hmm. you don't question how good he is. Am I right on this? You don't know. You don't get any question from me about how good Demetrius Johnson is. I think his division is shit, and I think his solo dominance over it, and no one's really ability to make him bleed or test him, just says they got to figure something out. Maybe it's time for a super fight. I don't know. Just get him. Get, let's make it interesting. When was the last time you were excited to watch Demetrius Johnson fight? I don't know because I'm not you, and whenever I talk with you, you take on this really, like, I know fighting. (laughs) Let me tell you about these little guys. Where, in my brain, I immediately see you in a ring fighting with these little guys and them (laughs) knocking you out and making you the example. And I'm absolutely certain that's what would happen. What you just said, Amici, do you find that more entertaining to watch than the two little guys? If uh, if it was a little guy beating up on, like, a less skilled... Man, two hundred pounder. I, <laughs> I can tell you that, man. Like, I feel. Kevin I took feel... a second to think about that. He's like, "Wait, how fat am I right now?" <laughs> I know I've done my Weight Watchers points. I've been so good. Sure. I can say two hundred today. I can say. What it. am I currently walking at? What am I walking at? Yeah. You know, I feel bad. You know, I want to. I want to support the sport. I want to support the lightweight guys because they're athletes who work it hard. But realistically, man, it's just not as entertaining when that. Because the thing about mixed martial arts is like there's so many different variables and interesting. But once you start eliminating those variables of like a of a finish, it just man, it just takes away some of that wow factor. And it it shows that that dominant and people are walking out. When's the last time you saw people walk out of an event? That's crazy. It is crazy. Title, title fight. It's, yeah. That's craziest to me is people paid to go see that and <laughs> they leave early. So it's not like they. Like we're given a surprise on how big he is. Well, like, maybe they paid they, for it. Who knows? Maybe they they've had enough time like... to know that. Yeah. Well, um, it was in Vancouver, maybe. so did we have to pay them to go? Maybe. Do, do we? I don't know what the this, rules Kevin, are. Do we? Do we pay Demetrius like a few more bucks to like meet up in a weight division class with Ronda Rousey? Would that make a fight? Oh, <laughs> you are a fucking genius. Yup, watching that <laughs> fight. <laughs> All right, I Absolutely. just want to make sure wherever your logic was. <laughs> Don't stop throwing ideas out there, sir. You are on nope. fire. Nope. Um, scale of one to crazy. How shocked were you, Roy McDonald beat Tyrone Woodley? I know, I know, I know nothing about this card except for I really scanned it on my iPhone as I walked to my car. I had no idea that. Uh, like but Amici, you were telling us that 
you were telling us that you felt that Woodley was going to have this no problem. Uh, but he also had a huge challenge in Roy McDonald to the point where the fact that he was recently after kicking Carlos Condit and saying, okay, he should already be at a title fight and then getting worked and looking o- overmatched. Oh, really? From the I... highlights I've seen. Wow. That, that's basically where it was. So did, did that shock you at all or is this shocking you now? Because I'm assuming yeah, we're breaking this news to you. You are breaking – yeah, actually, I mean I'm not all that – so, I mean, surprised picked Woodley, but I mean, obviously, Roy McDonald's a beast, so I was not necessarily surprised that he, you know, won the fight. But I didn't think he could work like that. That's uh, yeah, I guess Roy's the truth. That guy, man, when he shows up, he shows up. But sometimes, you know, just expect greatness from the guy, and he shows up lukewarm. And it's easy to be armchair quarterback and say that type of stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, Kev, where where were you at with uh, Rory in the uh, post fight? Oh, God, I can't wait for you to watch it because I want to hear your Rory impression. It was the most unenthusiastic. First of all, he won via decision. He won commandingly with strikes, 97 total strikes, 49 significant to 38 and 26 for Woodley. And he had a takedown. Woodley did not get credit with one. Rory was on the podium, and literally this is how he was talking. He was like, I think it was my most dominating performance of my career. Uh, except I obviously didn't knock him out, but there's nothing I would have changed except maybe knocking him out. And it's like it's a lot of backhanded things like that. And somebody asked him about the title contention. He goes, well, I res- you know, I obviously I think I'm the best, but I respect that there are two people in front of me that are maybe better. And it's like, wait, do you, do you think you're the best or do you think there are two people that are better? And he just kind of kept going back. And I honestly, just if I had watched the post-right presser, I would not know Rory McDonald won the fight. I would only kind of understand that he was mildly excited by his performance. Uh, now, so stay tuned as Raph gets to mimic the Canadian he eventually. Like a yes. Oh man, damn it! That yeah. was—I know that's the real hurting blow to you, Amici. Um, yeah. Kev, tell me what you read about Ryan Bader's performance. Nothing. <laughs> I didn't okay. see a thing about that Ryan was, Bader. Everyone was apparently this was not a great. I guess Raphael, uh, Raphael, by the way, mm-hmm. throwing the theory, uh, did not show up to fight. So it Here's was one the of those. Problem though, I wasn't watching uh, it. So when I don't support oh, that's them. Why, yeah. It is hard. So I'm very consistent at like 100%-ish, plus or minus, you know, 20. Uh, <laughs> I'm at a very consistent winning streak when I'm watching Rafael and supporting them. So I'm very sorry, uh, Mr. Cavalcante. I will try and watch your next one. But was Ooh, this a shocker? And I, I did hear more about this. Andre Olovsky defeats Brandon Schaub. Um, from everything I read, people were like, what? <laughs> uh, there's everyone... <laughs> It's really hard to tell how. So I'm just going to read you the numbers. You tell me. So Andre Olavsky wins by decision. He had 40 strikes to Brendan Schaub's 65. Okay. 12 significant strikes to Schaub's 30. Zero takedowns to Schaub's one. And it was 0-0 submission attempts. Was it that? Yeah. I mean, I did see a photo of Brendan Schaub after, and he did look a little busted in the face. So that I understand. But this goes back to people. I did see a few people on boards as this fight was going on because I was following along as it was happening, saying like, Shab got robbed. And I yeah. thought, you know what? I don't, don't care. care. It, are there <laughs> cases of fighters that you've seen who have gotten robbed that you just go, Meh, I 
don't really mind. It's fine. It's Brandon Schaub. He ran away at Metamorphs. He deserves this. <laughs> <laughs> the jiu-jitsu community holds a grudge. We really do. We are still not over the Schaub the <laughs> running away from... I mean, it I doesn't matter it. what he does in life. I'm pretty sure he could be Brandon Schaub president to jiu-jitsu people, which now that I've out loud said that, I realize how many things would have to happen to <laughs> become yeah, no president. Shit. But, uh, hey, you know, go ahead. Think back to the fight analysis from the victor here. Amici, you're, you're going to want to take notes, I imagine. Uh, he's dating Ronda Rousey, you know? That can be distracting. That. He thought he had it all, and then turns out he didn't have the judges on his side in Vancouver. So, uh, Do you think still- Ronda basically pulled him aside and was like, ooh, no dinner because uh, dinners are only provided for people who finish a fight? Dinner mm. is for winners. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this. Uh, so, you know, Rousey, sure, could throw a new wrench into it all. But, Kev, the biggest news maybe from the entire event, there was a submission where someone had to verbally give up. Yes. How There's do a phrase you for think that. they credit it as? I'm sure they said this submission brought to you by Rafa Sparza and Kevin Phillips' hit show – Verbal tap. No. The audible acquiescence. They said verbal submission. You know, it's hard not to take it personally. You know, Amici's a good third party. I think we can ask him. Amici, do you Mm -hmm. feel like them calling it a verbal submission is a direct insult? Like, it's their way of saying, fuck you to Raph and Kevin. You know, I think that after they got the results of the fights, they're like, <laughs> Kevin's going to have all this la 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 on his face. So the big <laughs> F you, I think that's, yeah, absolutely. No question. Thanks, Dana. Appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> Uncle Dana Akpom. Is that the, <laughs> that's his true, yeah. that's his true name. Raph, so us. what the fuck? Let's do this. Amici, what were the stakes and what do you have to do now? Well, Amici, the number one first ever lose at over under Kevin will go down into history books as this. Oh, Every time Kevin brags about this, he will be touting the name of Amici and BJJ Training Journal. <laughs> I will be uh, putting my beautiful face and honoring everyone on Facebook with, mm-hmm. I think, writing verbal tap on my forehead and V-pleaser under my eye, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> if I recall correctly. That sounds perfect. That I, I sounds amazing. Like. So uh, 24 uh, hours, as a matter of fact, thousands of people will be able to enjoy that, uh, that piece can, of artwork. Can I ask that you also maybe put it up on the banner so it's kind of bigger for the average Ooh, person? Wow. Oh, on man. both? Well, no, just one. You choose which one. Maybe pronounce it. One, and I let me tell you this, Amishi. <laughs> he doesn't know how to ask you what to do because he's never been in this position before. He's always like, first. "What do I have to do? I have to write a song. I have to cut a promo. I have to do a Christmas card." I'm so sorry. <laughs> so now he's in this power uh, position where he's he's just drunk with all this authority that he he's trying to see whatever he can get from you. You know what? You're welcome. I'm giving you this opportunity. See, look it. As you can see what I'm doing, I'm pulling a chill sun in. 
All you have to do is own whatever you've done, act like you did it on purpose, and and tell like say you're welcome to the other person. It completely flips it around. Wait. So yes, um, absolutely, you're welcome. Go ahead, you're the winner. Um, I graciously will either use the cover image or the profile picture, whatever you prefer. Perfect, and you just let me know when you're going to be doing that so I can uh, share your your basic profile with everyone I know seven to 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amici, we want to thank you for uh, coming out and not just participating, but for giving Kevin his first win, and more than that, always being a good sport and being so great. We want to encourage people to go check out BJJTrainingJournal.com, and we hear there is going to be a BJJ Training Journal for droids, right? Yes, sir. It's already an iPhone. Droids going to be coming out, hopefully, uh, before we even hit August. So I got the next beta, uh, beta version emailed to me this morning, so... Yeah, it's man. It's about goddamn time because I have <laughs> sorely needed it, and I'm ready to just be able to use it. I'm I'm not going to say it stunted my growth because there are a lot of problems that uh, <laughs> have happened in my my jujitsu career, but I would say that it's probably holding me back. Let's do that. So it get it out there as soon as you can because yes, it, it's a great tool, and and we we love having it on. We love having you on, buddy. So I love can you we guys. Help you out with awesome. any quick shout outs before we get you on out of here. Uh, shouts out to Rafa Sparza and Kevin Phillips and uh, yeah man BJJ Training Jewel man I really appreciate the support you know this is a one man show at this point so the fact that so many people are actually downloading it using it and like sending messages and stuff I mean I just I love it so thank you to everybody beautiful alright guys be sure to check out BJJTrainingJournal.com thank you so much again Michi we will catch you again later on buddy Ron brother thanks Maybe he should put get better at UFC picks in his training <laughs> journal. <laughs> Clearly, I didn't program that into the app. 2.0. Beach changes. New York. Meet New York. Perfect. Quick George needed a bag load. Hey, Verbal Tap fans. You're getting uh, a nice, punchy episode. Raft is wanting to train. I just got done training. We fit a nice window in here. We're really making it happen. We've given you World Cup schedules, but most importantly, I have climbed the mountain, Raph. It's me next to tall Jesus. Just standing there, arms wide, looking out over our accomplishments. Oh, feels so good. I feel like I can go swimming. Uh, probably not, if you want the truth. <laughs> but you don't have to listen anymore, and neither do the fans. Why? Like, why does this mean so much to you, Kevin? Is I've it that lost you have so little in your life. Yeah. Okay. A sure, that's one. Okay. That might be. Yeah, that's mostly it. Is that um, it? Okay. <laughs> it's just you really thought I had to win one eventually. Sheer luck would say I, finally the stars. I came did together. think that at the very beginning of this. Then after the fifth time you lost, I said maybe he might not win one of these, and it was close. It was a very close contest. Uh, it, it came down to six four, but uh, you know it, it was one of those things where, like I said, I was I was initially happy for you, and then I immediately regretted thinking <laughs> that you would be a gracious winner in the least. So Ralph was like moment of weakness. I'm no longer happy. Hey, it's time for shout-outs. 
I will go first. Hey, Nick, great lesson tonight. He's been really helping us with some foot attacks. Andrew, who has been really helping me understand more soccer terminology and arrived just in time to tell me tonight, USA won, which was very helpful. Great training going over on BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly. Do not forget to head over to BJJ Finder. If you're traveling, which we know you are during the summer, you're looking for a gym, you're trying to find one. How do I find one that's kind of like me and gets what I'm looking for? Well, you just go to BJJ Finder. You plug in your zip code. It's that easy. You're going to find Yelp Reviews-esque that will tell you from fighters which gym is the one you're going to want to go train and get that frustration out. How many barbecues can you go to before you choke someone? That is my question I pose to the viewership. The answer is maybe one and a half, I guess, depending on who you're going to see. DJJ Finder, download the app, head over to BJJFinder.com, use it, of course, to Amici for just... Bowing out and taking it like a champion, prison style. Letting me roll right over. That's all my oh, thank yous and shout Roll outs. <laughs> right over like prison style? Are, are we hearing this right? It was prison style and just rolling right over. And maybe it's because Is... I've been watching a little Oz. Prime okay. has HBO shows now and it's not been good mm. for me. This, is, this got weird before it got better. Did, are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Thank you. I wanted to make sure I was sparing our listeners from whatever dark alley you were about to take them. Uh, but thank you. Uh, hey, everybody. I just want to start by shouting out Valley Martial Arts Center. V-O-L-A-M-A-C! Uh, I also want to thank uh, Andrew Correa because he hit me up and he was like, you know, I think it's time you learn the Burrato Plata. And I was like, uh, do I have to? Is that that sounds it's like really something hard. that's gonna hurt if you try to apply it to me, and I think I'm too stupid to know how to do that when I'm actually practicing it. But uh, <laughs> hey, to each their own. So he has given me a, a a verbal contract to come and teach me that at some point, Kevin. So there is that. Uh, so thank you, Anna Korea, and thank you for the wonderful soccer posts. I'm a huge soccer fan, so I'm the most excited right now so uh, to be able to watch all of the soccer. So go World Cup. Oh, Valley Martial Arts Center, you guys are great. I already talked about you guys, but I want to talk about my good friend Marcus Caval, who is having some great set of seminars. There's another one going on over at the world-famous Gracie Barra in Encino. It is going to be with Waldo Zapata, who, if you guys don't know him, please look him up. Very awesome seminar that he's conducting over at uh, GB and in Encino. So please make efforts to go see it. It is on June 21st. It is from 1 to 4. It's 29 bucks for three hours, which is awesome. And for the level Damn. of instruction he's providing, I would highly implore you guys to go check out that seminar. So please go do that. And uh, let's do one last one over to the good folks over at Glory uh, Kickboxing. I will be on scene next Saturday uh, reporting live. And uh, we'll have some stuff to bring back to you guys after that event, which will be real fun. So stay tuned. That's awesome. Yep. Hey, Raph, which of us has more soccer-like hair? <clears throat> you have longer hair, but yeah. I have yeah. brown hair, which is always short. And I look like a soccer player. But I've also been putting a headband in recently, so... No, you look like a tennis player when you do that. Like, more specifically, a lesbian tennis player from the 80s whenever you put <laughs> one of those hairbands in. Well, look, goal accomplished. 
That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight, you guys. Like old lesbian tennis player in the 80s. Thanks for the caveat. You're welcome. I don't know. Don't set me up those shorts. I was like, don't set me up for that unless you really want the answer. So it's like I could have been sitting on that one for ages. 